That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, hang out for a second. I have a big announcement. Yeah, coming up this Friday on the After Party Podcast with me and Kimberly, it's part one of our special year-end shows about the 1980s. We're going year by year, talking about news events, music, movies, pop culture, all the things from the 1980s, starting with 1980, 1981, and 1982, this Friday, December 1. But the only way you can listen is by subscribing to the After Party level on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. So don't miss out. Again, go to bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Choose the After Party and Shadow Docket level, enter your information, and you're all set. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, this is Adam West. I hope that uh, you're having a really great uh, Christmas season, and I wish you all a happy new year. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 28, 2023. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1042 of the Biden-Harris administration, 342 days into the 24th presidential election. You find me on threads and Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com, and that guy sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. When you say Buzz Burbank, no third party. You've said it all. Hi. You may not have a third party until you fix the old one. <laughs> hi. 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 Hi, everybody. Uh, he's Bob. Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm Buzz, and today's show is brought to you by Buzz Seska, the new weight loss drug that will also clear up that rash. Thank God. If it, if it would only do something for this cold. Um, uh, Thanksgiving was rough this year, uh, at least for me. Uh, I think I ate too much Ozempic. <laughs> Paralyze your stomach. Uh, pretty excited about today's show. Yeah. AI guru Sam Altman either will or won't be joining us. <laughs> just keeps changing. Uh, this week, uh, CNN found audio of House Speaker Mike Johnson mm-hmm. saying that humans are inherently evil. And then he proved it by heading to Mar-a-Lago to meet with Trump. Yes, of course. There you go. Uh, Trump's been yelling at the media for reporting on the low attendance at his political rallies. Mm-hmm. It's easy to understand. Uh, people are staying away because they, they don't want to be called as witnesses. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk's hateful rants have made Twitter lose $75 billion oh. in advertising income. Oh. Uh, he plans to make up the losses with uh, Teslas that catch fire and rockets that fall to the ground. <laughs> so he's equals profit. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis will debate California Governor Gavin Newsom on TV <sighs> Thursday night. Uh, it, well, it's the chance DeSantis has been waiting for to end his campaign once and for all. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. There we go. Oh, my God. Oh, it's no. starting already. Well, oh, oh, oh. what are you going to say? Here we are. Trump in jail, Trump in jail, Trump in jail, run. He's going to swing and we're going to sing. Send him up river and we'll have some fun. Now his time in jail has begun. Trump in jail, Trump in jail, Trump in jail, run. Him doing time for all of his crimes. Dancing and prancing in Washington Square. He deserves the chair. <laughs> what a bright time. He'll do hard time. And rocks he'll crush all day. That'd be great. Trump in jail time. It's a swell time. And it'll happen when Bob goes on vacay. <laughs> giddy up, giddy up, pick up the pace. He's running out the clock. What are you doing? There's not a reason now that he should be free. That's the Trump in jail. That's the Trump in jail. That's the Trump in jail. Rock. Yeah, how about oh, that yeah. shit, huh? Oh, hey. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. We do it every year, man. I'm the Griswold of podcasting. I, I bring out all the sounds for the holiday season. And yeah, it's it's starting super early this time around. It's, it's still only November. And what am I doing? It, well, it's barely. I mean, we're yeah. on the last couple of days of November. But yeah, yeah it's it's here one way or another, whether you're ready or not. And I, <laughs> I am just not ready. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I know a lot of uh, holiday festivities begin in my little hometown, or my little town this week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it because of this cold. <laughs> you know, I imagined everyone, we'll talk about the cold in a second, but I imagine everyone hearing the Adam West thing at the top oh, of the show was like, hey, what you doing? What you doing? Why are you starting this early, Bob? What you doing? I am. No, I well, am. it starts, it starts, listen, I, I was raised to believe that the uh, Christmas season starts with Thanksgiving, that like uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then boom, it's Christmas. And uh, when I was a child, there was a guy on TV who did Santa Claus, who I, I imitate to this day, uh, <laughs> and his show started on Thanksgiving Day. So damn it, uh, that's the beginning of uh, the holiday season, even though Thanksgiving kind of floats a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we always decorate our Christmas tree. We haul out all the stuff, all the Christmas decorations on uh -huh. the weekend right after Thanksgiving. Except this Usually. year, we... <laughs> We did it the weekend before Thanksgiving because oh Kimberly's going away to take care of her right. mom for a while. And so right. it's going to be kind of an interrupted wow. holiday season. And so as a consequence of that, we got the uh, uh, decorations so, out early. And then I also, yeah. as we're taking out the tree and all the decorations, I also right. bring out all the sounds on the show. So it's, yeah, absolutely. it's They're all in the same. They're all kept in the same boxes up in the <laughs> yes, attic. They're and all mixed up, Bob, all tangled together. Bob has to let down the fold-down ladder and climb up and... <laughs> Retrieve them. That's right. For your entertainment. Yeah, it's a hell of a time trying to, you know, untangle all the Christmas sounds. But I managed yes. to do it. I somehow I managed to do all that. And but every once in a while, one or two goes out, you know, <laughs> and you have to replace it. Well, you know, one of the things we're going to do this year as a special treat for the holiday season, yes. we're, and I announced this, I, I wasn't sure whether I was actually going to do it because sometimes I blurt things that I end yeah. up going afterwards. I end up saying, 
you're I don't always, know, do I really want to do that? I don't right, know. you're always creating work for yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So this time around, for the holiday season, each of our next three after-party podcasts at patreon.com slash Show, the $10 yeah. a month after-party level, by the way. You have to subscribe yes. to that level. For the next three after-party podcasts, we're going to be mm-hmm. doing something extra special, and... <laughs> We're going we're gonna to spend the next three after parties talking about the 1980s. We're going to do a whole series of 80s shows where we talk about the news events and music and movies, TV shows. I was Lots an of 80s sound DJ discussion. with big hair. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Lots of 80s sounds, too. Like... Like, we don't already have enough of that on the regular show. But, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So That's cool. Yeah, starting this Friday, we're doing uh, 1980, 1981, and 1982. That'll be this coming up uh, after party on Friday. Then the after party after that, we're going to do 83, 84, 85. Uh And then the last after party of the year, we'll do all the rest of the 80s years. Which, to me, aren't really, I mean, it's kind of... Once you get into 87, 88, somewhere in there, it starts to feel like the 90s a little bit. So <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get to all these things. I started do- compiling research and sounds yeah. and everything yesterday, and I'm going, oh, my God, it's going to be a five-hour show this Friday. I don't know yeah. how we're going to do it. Once again, you've created work for yourself. <sighs> yes. I know, I know. But I thought this would be a great, fun way, a nostalgic way to wrap up the year without anything too remarkably heavy. And the other thing is, we're not going to be doing the New Year's Eve show this year. And I think uh-huh. that part of the reason for that is because of these uh, after-party 80s shows, which <laughs> are going to require all of my spare time to get ready for them. So that's the thing uh, this year. So. I'm, I'm going to miss that, because I, I and I understand why, because it is a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the problem. It just got to be too big in many ways, and there was no uh, gentle way to 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 reduce that 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 chaos, except yeah. to, to do away with it. I, I am going to miss being able to do the ten best jokes, my ten favorite jokes of the year, for what is essentially a live audience, uh, and a lot of them hadn't heard the <laughs> oh, stuff yeah, before. That's right. So it was fun for me uh, normally because we just have the the rim shot and the uh, and the uh, the laugh track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the follow, which you know is better than silence. Trust me. <laughs> I uh, know. But but it was it was fun to have that live audience. So yeah. I hope I, I get and I would love to get together with uh, some of these people maybe in smaller groups going forward in the future. Yeah. Uh, I've got a joke for Jody that I've been sitting on for I don't know like a year. <laughs> and uh, so one of these days I have to be on a show with Jody so I can finally do that joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I will what I will do and I am I, I will Try to get off my ass and not be as ambitious as you, but I will try to assemble my 10 favorite jokes of the year and uh, do them on our last show together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our last live show together of the That's year. That's a great idea. And so we can still have the little wrap-up of the jokes maybe. In, definitely, in, definitely. Uh, and and the other reason, I think the other reason I'm I'm stepping aside from the uh, New Year's Eve show thing this right. year is because New Year's Eve is literally two days before we come back from vacation. I think the 31st yeah. of December is a Sunday. You and I are going to be back doing a show on that Tuesday. I think it's January 2nd. So, well, maybe. You know, I maybe. <laughs> but yeah. the, the off weeks are going to be, now that we're talking about this, I'm bringing out my, uh, my Marvel yeah. Comics calendar here. And yes. uh, I'm looking at, we are. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about starting the day after New Year's Day. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well. here's the thing. We're going to be off starting the 15th. So the last after party is going to be December 15. And then from that point forward, we're off for two weeks. So it's going to be the week uh, of the 17th and the week of the 24th. We will be off and away on vacation, our normal two-week vacation uh, that we do uh -huh. at the end of the year. And then that ends on the 31st. And then we're back doing a show on that Tuesday, uh, January 2nd, as I said. So as a consequence of that, is this seems too close together, like a New Year's Eve show, and then suddenly we're back on a Tuesday show 48 hours later. And, and I already i am very aware of the fact that we already produce too many shows every week. I mean, I know it's hard for people to keep up the fact that we do a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a Friday show on the Patreon page. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, we throw another show into the mix, and suddenly people are like, I don't know what to do with all of this podcast, Bob. <laughs> what do I do? I've got all this extra podcast. Do I refrigerate it? Do I freeze it? <laughs> but anyway, speaking of leftovers, what, did yes. you poison all of your guests? Is that what's happening here? Oh, man. Well, I, I believe it was on... Uh, <laughs> It was on the uh, the post. Uh, I'm sorry, I started to call it the postmortem show. It was on the shadow docket. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. Last last week, uh -huh. uh, I talked about all the very careful plans that I make for Thanksgiving, and I've got a very precise schedule of brining the turkey and and cooking it on a on a Weber kettle grill with wood chips and smoking it and collecting the juices for smoked gravy. And people look forward to this. Yeah, people people. Uh, uh, people would like me to bottle the, the gravy as a beverage. That's how popular this gravy is with mm. people who've tried it. I don't exaggerate. And uh, so it's uh, the day is coming. I'm excited. The turkey is brined, and I excitedly wake up on Thanksgiving morning to pull it out of the brine and to prepare to put it. And, and I, got, I realize I got just a little bit of a scratchy throat. You know, and I thought, well, oh, no. I must have slept with my mouth open or something, and I, it's just a dry air irritation, right? So uh -huh. I, I continue, and I continue preparing the, the turkey. Uh, by the way, no one got stomach poisoning from this. I really want to emphasize that, and, well, and no, law, no lawsuits have been filed yet. Uh -huh. but, um, I gradually felt worse as the day went on. Now, I, I kept a happy face. Uh, and I didn't, and I debated whether to tell anyone, mm -hmm. you know, and I did everything I could, you know, washed my hands constantly. Uh, but, uh, this was a virulent, uh, and I got it. I think I got it at the grocery store like three days before. Now here's the irony of this, if I may, and uh, it was like, I started in late September and I got a different shot every two weeks. Cause I like live next to the drugstore. It's uh, convenient. So you just uh, go and, over there for shots every two weeks. Yeah. So uh, on the advice uh, on the advice of an epidemiologist, uh, uh -huh. I decided to separate instead of uh, clustering my shots this year, like I have in the past. Uh -huh. I thought, well, I'll try this experiment where you separate them by two weeks. Right. So I get I get the flu shot. I get the RSV shot. I get the pneumonia shot. And I get the, what am I leaving out here? A dip tet. Uh, Did you COVID, get the... Co COVID. No, oh, COVID. I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm covered on that. So I, I get all these respiratory shots, and I have very neatly. And then two weeks after the last shot, you know, again, evenly spaced, uh, I go to the grocery store to, to get the final Thanksgiving things. And mm -hmm. this is like on Monday. Yeah. Well, it's a three-day incubation period for a cold. So let's say I count that out. Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, Thursday. It's Thanksgiving Day. Uh, now, so I I felt uh, the need to tell people, uh, even though but the, the thing had already been set in motion. I mean, uh, the, the turkey had been brined. The people were coming, uh, some from a distance. There was no turning back from any of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, they wouldn't have let me if I had. Because once I did inform them that, hey, I'm, I think I've got a cold, they said, uh, we don't care. Give us the damn turkey. 
<laughs> and so, uh, and now they care because, and this is not just me whining. Uh, this is the worst cold uh, anybody's ever had. <laughs> I, I really think so. And you know, it's not pneumonia. You know, it's not the flu. You know, it's not. It's so not COVID. It's 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 right. It's yeah. a cold. Yeah. And it's it's a it's not just a cold. It's a cold that also gives you like a day of body aches, a couple of days in bed. Uh, it it makes you uh, extremely. Uh, bitter and grouchy, and uh, <laughs> it makes, it, makes you bitter. It, it does. It, it affects. It actually changes your personality. Oh Jesus! And, and and it makes you wish you were dead. And and this is not just me. This is not just me saying this. <laughs> Welcome to Thanksgiving this, dinner. <laughs> yeah, this is all my friends who have now come down with this thing will back me up on every one of those claims. Um, I am pleased to say uh, I got yesterday. You know how you when you start to get better for something, you get this burst of energy. Yeah. Well, yes. Yesterday I bursted back, and I've still got <laughs> the energy today. And so you hear it in my sinuses, but I I'm pleased to report I feel much better. Yeah. My friends, however, are all now languishing in bed, <laughs> uh, including my wife, who's having a birthday today. Happy birthday, oh, darling. Oh, happy birthday to Marsha Burbank, yeah. I've, I've taped a throat lozenge to your birthday card. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It's the least you can do after... It's the least I can do, Bob. After topping her uh, mashed potatoes oh and God. stuffing with a nice, hearty dose of bitter. No no stomach symptoms, by the way. No, no, and no one uh, got sick from the food. It right. was strictly me, Typhoid Larry. <laughs> So congratulations, everyone. You're now, you. you've got the flu. You, well, you know, or just the worst cold ever. I just yeah. don't think, despite the body aches, which are normally, because there, there are no digestive symptoms here. So uh -huh. that kind of, kind of, and because of the, I've had the flu shot and it had a time to kick in and all that, yeah. uh, and not likely the flu, and uh, but it's, it, it was really just the worst cold ever. And uh, my apologies to everyone, and especially my wife, to whom I will try to make up her birthday. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would hope so, <laughs> given Thanks, this uh, particular gift. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I'm on, yeah, uh, on Marsha's side and all of this. I I, you, no, I need you to back me up here. I'm in enough <laughs> trouble already. Oh, well, then you're totally screwed. I, I've already, I'm team Marsha on yeah, all of this. I yeah. can see that. Well, I it's her birthday, well, for God's it is, sake. How it can it I is not after, after all, it is her birthday. Okay. That's true. Yeah, well, good. I, I'm at least glad that you're <laughs> feeling better. Yeah, th thank you. You don't <laughs> sound like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad I didn't go to your house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's, I'm just yeah. going, hey, man, I'm, I'm safe. I'm here. Feeling <laughs> and good. That's, and that's the story I call cold turkey. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, Jody. Thank you, Jody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, speaking <sighs> of the uh, holiday break, Americans yes. apparently, and this is, uh, of course, reported by uh, Buzz Burbank, says that yes. uh, Americans spent billions and billions of dollars on Black Friday despite whining about the economy. Adobe, you, you've heard of them. They have the, the PDF. Uh, yeah. Adobe uh, keeps track of these things. They are not alone in this, but I think they're considered probably the more reliable service for tracking uh, sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, they reported uh, nearly $10 billion. Now, it was $9.8 billion 
in sales, online sales wow. on Black Friday. Now, another outfit estimates it was closer to $16 billion, but hey, you be the judge. $10 billion, $16 billion, what's $6 billion between friends <laughs> when, when everyone's whining about uh, inflation? Mm -hmm. inflation? Inflation exists, okay? We, we know it, and it's less now, but, but prices went up, and they didn't go down, and they're not going to go down, and you're just going to have to get used to it because that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but it hasn't, my point is, and the point of these figures, and we spent another $12 billion on Monday, $12.5 billion on, on Cyber Monday yesterday. So that right there, if you just combine Friday and Monday, that's $110.5 billion, and yeah. that doesn't count the shopping that was done on Saturday or Sunday in between local Saturday and, I don't know, Silly Sunday or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> silly uh, Sunday. That needs to we, be a thing now. Silly Sunday. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And anyway, through, throughout the weekend, you you know, it's probably closer to $112 billion or certainly higher than that, yeah. depending on estimates. As we've said before, the parking lot at Costco is, is full. The parking lot at Best Buy is full. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob, Bob doesn't get out, but the parking uh, lot <laughs> at the grocery store is full. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, so, uh, yes, prices are higher. And, yeah, it's no fun. And, and, yeah, for some people it means cutting corners. And that's very unfortunate because one of our biggest enemies in this country is is, is income disparity. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, the, the fact remains that people are spending with great optimism. They're telling pollsters they have great pessimism about the economy, and then they're going out and spending like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's like, like, like they're optimistic. So pay attention to what they say, but also pay attention to what they do. And the other thing I wanted to add, too, that prices are retracting a little bit, but they're not going to retract to the Some, point that they were four or five years ago. That's just not how right. inflation works. Even in normal inflationary times, prices normally go up a little bit every year. That's just the way the economy works. What about nickel phone calls? Are we ever going to get nickel phone calls? Yeah, back? no, no onions on the belt, nothing like yeah, that. Right. Um, it's just not going to happen. But okay. that being said, just to uh, add on to what you were saying about this disparity between how people are behaving in terms of shopping and, and money spent versus their impressions of the economy, Kimberly and I were driving to my mom's house on Friday, on Black right. Friday, and right. we hit the Beltway, the D.C. Beltway, uh -huh. and right around Tyson's Corner, there's a couple of different uh -huh. exits there. There's a one, yes. Route 123, there's a Route 7. No Both one. of them lead to gigantic malls. There's a huge yes. shot, Tyson's Corner Mall, uh, and then Tyson's 2 Galleria, which is the hoity-toity, snooty, rich person's version of a mall. Right. And so the traffic going each way on the beltway uh -huh. into those exits, backed up for miles with but shoppers. Bob, but Bob, the prices. <laughs> I know. The so prices much. that are not keeping them out of the stores. I know, all those people lined up for miles and miles and miles, not even on the road on which the malls are located. On the beltway itself, all those people are going, uh, you know, this economy sucks. <laughs> Well, you know, a president, presidents have lost elections before on the price of gasoline, and uh, yeah. that's always a possibility. We may have a better argument. Uh, I, we're, we're getting, we're being handed better arguments uh, against that. That's, it is a strike against us. That, yeah. that, that we're right or wrong, it's what people believe. It's wrong that they believe it, but it would be wrong for us to pretend that they don't believe it we'd be fooling ourselves. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but there's a way to, there, there are ways to handle this. And that's what we're going to be talking about and going to keep talking about 
in order to fight this very tough argument, in order yeah, to win yeah. this very tough argument. A couple of pieces along these lines. Uh, Politico published a piece about the current status of the economy. Over the last year, polls have shown voters holding a decidedly grim economic outlook. Mm-hmm. Most Americans rate current economic conditions as Poor, you know, as they wait in traffic to get to the mall. Right. Many think we are in recession and aren't optimistic that things will improve. They view Republicans as better able to address economic issues. Well, first of all, we're not in a recession. Things are improving significantly. They view Republicans as better able to address economic issues. That's horseshit, because what we know, and we've talked about this in the last few weeks, Republican presidents always end up having a recession. If there's a Republican president, chances are there will be a recession. This is inevitable. Donald Trump had two recessions. Donald Trump had a major recession because of his shitty response to COVID. And then there was a recession prior to that where it was a manufacturing recession. The guy who's known for building things had a manufacturing recession in 2019. So this is inevitable. Donald Trump will destroy the economy, and yet people believe that Republicans are better able to address economic issues. It says here in the crucial battleground states, et cetera. Yes? And you and and I know that, and the people listening to us know that. I believe it was James Carville, back when he was a little more sane, uh, would, would have used the phrase, that dog won't hunt. That argument will not, it won't get past the la-la-la's fingers in the ears, people who need to hear it. Uh, so I, I, if you and I have struggled with anything in, in recent days, it's over messaging and what, what messaging will work and what messaging won't work historically. Uh, if the price of gas is high, people are selfish. Uh, they don't. They they and, and I mentioned they, they they will listen to everything the missionary has to say, and then they will eat him. Uh, they they have their fingers in their ears. They're not going to hear that every Republican president. They're going to think that's just political. It's a fact. It's true. You and I know that. The people listening to us know that. The people we need to get that message to will never hear that. Then what and, are what are we even doing, Buzz? What are we do oh, here oh, if we're we, not going to we, make, we, if we're not gonna we, make we, a positive pitch for the economy we, and we we we, imp- we improve our messaging we 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 provide messages that will get through that will connect to, to well, like people. what like what well I mean, for one I, one of the things we're going to talk about on the show today the the fact that uh, their attempts to get health care will break the bank uh break their personal banks much worse than inflation ever will well then what, what, the what that, difference, what's the difference between that and saying that the next republican president will probably crash the economy into a recession What's the difference between saying they're going to take your health care versus... The the difference is Trump has said he's going to take your health care. They are not going to... They're going to hear uh, Republican presidents always put us in a recession. They're going to hear that as just political talk. I'm I'm looking at how... I'm trying to read the room and see how they will hear these messages. And I'm looking for messages that will... That I think will get through to them. Well, then, then there's these messages. How about this? Uh, okay. Paul Waldman uh, for MSNBC today writes, uh, by most standard measures, the American economy is going gangbusters. GDP right. grew at nearly 5% annualized pace in the third quarter, the best True. since late 2021. Unemployment sits at just 3.9%. Inflation, which had peaked at, at a 7.5% annual rate in January 2022, has fallen to 3.2%. Joe 
Biden can trump with the fact that just under 14 million jobs have been created since he took office, a record for an American president. Over the comparable period in Donald Trump's term before the COVID-19 pandemic, fewer than 6 million jobs. That's 14 million jobs for Biden at this point, 6 million for Trump. That's a gigantic difference. People are certainly acting like the economy is good. Consumer spending is strong. Americans are starting new businesses at the highest rates since the Census Bureau began tracking this data in 2006. Yet when pollsters ask people how they think the economy is doing, they don't just express concern. They say the economy is terrible. Right. Because those messages are not getting through to them. They're not believing what they're hearing. Well... Yeah, I mean, those are positive messages to inject into the conversation, as is a warning about what will happen if if voters elect a Republican president. In addition to the fascism that will descend upon uh, the United States, in addition to having a dictator for life in the White House who will not Mm -hmm. leave, this dictator for life will also uh, crash the economy. I think it's an, an historic precedent. That this happens and has happened for the last hundred years of Republican presidents. Every single one has presided over a recession. I think that's a valid argument to make because... It's a valid argument, but if it falls on deaf ears, did it make a sound? Well, any argument can fall on deaf ears. Well, have you you talked to these folks? I mean, when I try to tell them that uh, he's uh, created record jobs, the answer I get back from them is it didn't help me. Now, you and I know that it did help them, but they don't think so, and that's the important thing, and that's what we need to be addressing. I guess my, I guess, listen, we agree on the message and we agree on the need for messaging where, where we diverge a little bit is on the style of message on, on the approach. And I'm looking for approaches that will get through to these blockheads. Okay. Like what? I I guess maybe an example would help. Well, like uh, losing your healthcare is going to be much worse than higher prices. Okay. Well, that's one. That, 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 That losing majority rule in this country, which by the way, may be a better word to use than democracy, that losing the majority rule in this country will be more expensive than uh, than inflation. Uh, yes, and you can couple that with uh, some of these other things, but again, I think it's a matter of reading the room, of knowing your audience, of, of, of making arguments that they will listen to, and knowing that in the end, they're not going to make their decision based on facts. They're going to make it based on their gut. And if uh, they're mad about uh, the high price of gas or whatever, and it's not that high right now, but if if that's what they're mad about, they're going to act out that at the polls. And so that's, I, you know, I, I where we totally agree is that has to be changed. That has to be stopped. And what we're looking for are more effective ways uh, to, to message this stuff. You know what the Republicans did for about, well, they continue to do it. Every time okay. the economic question comes up, who's better at stewarding the economy? They inevitably go back to, and you can hear them saying it. I can hear George H.W. Bush saying it in my head, by the way. I can hear uh, Bob Dole saying it in 1996. I can hear George W. Bush. I can hear Donald Trump saying it. The malaise days of Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. constantly going back to how Americans felt about the economy, how the economy was doing during Jimmy Carter's presidency. And that is, they wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't effective. And so what I'm saying is that there is an historic case to make about 
the Republican stewardship of the American economy. And that is, I think, perfectly valid and and has been shown to be effective when you go to historic precedent and you say that, well, you know what you can expect with a Republican president. And that also draws a contrast between the positive economic news under Joe Biden versus the potential for further economic downsides if Donald Trump were to become president. To hit Donald Trump, Right at his strongest point, I think, is a valid and necessary argument to make because everyone's saying, well, we got to go with the Republicans because of the economy. Well, that's bullshit. We've got to make that argument that that is a bullshit position to take that, oh, well, the the economy is a little iffy, not really based on facts, just based on my feelings. So therefore, eh, doink, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump that we, we have to disabuse people of that misperception. And, and and maybe we need both styles of messaging. Uh, for my part, I want to be careful. Whew, um, I want to be careful not to be too wonkish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want, I want to, uh, I, 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 I worry that a lot of the people uh, I might address on this subject don't even remember what Bush did or said, or, you know, uh, all they care about is what prices are right now, this particular person that I'm talking to. So I need to find a message other than that that will get through to this person, something more gut level. Okay. Uh, if and, and that's, face it, that's what the Republicans do so successfully, is gut level stuff, stuff to piss people off, stuff to frighten people. Uh, okay, uh, what's, a, what's a good gut level argument to make for Joe Biden's economic record? Well, again, I'm not going to argue... I, if I, if I argue for his economic record, that will be secondary to my argument of what the alternative to that is. Okay. And that is losing your health care and losing majority rule in this country. Okay. Well, the the one, I mean, health care, obviously I can see a connection to the economy. But right. well, when we're, to, when we're talking losing about losing health care is much more expensive than inflation. Well, yeah, I, I totally get that. And that's a valid argument to make. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what I'm just saying is in terms of arguing in support of Joe Biden's economy, how do you do that? What is the message that you would like to see the Democrats take for well, the next year? Well, I, I, I think just uh, if you're, if you're going to take that route, I would pick the best of what he's done over the last three years and highlight those things, whether it's uh, infrastructure, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 his COVID response, uh, any number of things that he's managed uh, to do for the economy. Uh, there's tangible proof of this and tangible proof of Republicans taking credit for it here and there. But uh, I would, I would, there certainly a long list of Biden accomplishments to choose from. Uh, pick your three favorite of those. Uh, I think those are maybe the best way to, to talk up uh, Joe Biden's abilities for, uh, economically. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. I, I think yeah. on that, we can agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and as far as the health care thing, yeah, Donald Trump did announce that he intends to go back to repealing the Affordable Care Act, which was right. so popular the first time around. First time he tried it. Couldn't get he had control over both chambers of Congress and couldn't get it done. Right. But yet he's saying he's, quote, seriously looking at alternatives, which is a bullshit thing to say. We know that there is no Donald Trump alternative to the Affordable Care Act. Right. 
Uh, after trying and failing to repeal the ACA, Republicans have effectively given up on their calls to kill the ACA. According to a recent poll, 45% of voters say they trust Democrats when it comes to health care. 22% say they trust Republicans. Right. In uh, 2017, a poll showed uh, 22% of Americans supported the Republican effort to repeal and replace the ACA, which ultimately failed, while 55% opposed them. Nevertheless, Trump criticized Republicans who voted not to terminate it in 2017 and vowed to not give up. So, yeah, that's uh, that's this, this bearing is, down this, on people, too. This is our strongest argument for Joe Biden. He's not going to do what Trump is going to do, and that's rip away health care from tens of millions of Americans. And those who will still be able to get it, it'll be worse and it'll cost more and it'll be more expensive than inflation. Donald Trump has just handed us the most beautiful gift. Yeah. He's just handled, he's handed, he's decided, and now what the Republicans are stuck with him, at least until he goes to prison. So uh, for now, the whole he's dragging the whole Republican Party with him back into the fight against affordable health care, yeah. against Obamacare, using Obama as the, the that word as a as a weapon in this case. Uh, the vast majority of Americans, 80% of Americans, 60-some percent of Republicans favor and support the Affordable Care Act. He's just virtually committed political suicide by promising to take away affordable health care. Uh, the White House, uh, Joe Biden is already on this. Biden was already talking about it last night. Now it's our turn to run with it. This is how we win that argument about the economy. Okay. Well, just to put an end cap on all of this, I'm still unclear as to why making a case for Republican incompetence on the economy, why that's a bad thing, but uh, it's not, we'll, it's we'll not, agree it's, to disagree. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that in many cases, I fear, I'm not saying it will, I'm not saying it's definite. I'm saying in many cases, it will fail to get through to its intended audience. If a tree falls in a forest and doesn't make a sound, does anybody hear it? If the cannibals listen carefully to everything the missionary had to say, and then they ate him. People, you've got to know your audience, read the room, and find the message that gets through to them. If if what you're saying here, the records, you know, the the, the history of Republicans and the economy, uh, if that if that's going to work on your audience, then uh, run right in with that. But uh, if that's not going to work, then you may want to take a more gut level approach. You and I both want to win this for the same reasons. I just want to make sure that the messaging we do is targeted and effective. Oh, yeah, I get it. But the thing is, there's this myth out there that the Republicans are the party of the economy, and it's just horseshit. They are not. The record shows exactly the opposite of that. And I think we need to disabuse yeah. people of that well, misapprehension. I think if, that, if, is, if, that is an important uh, point to make. Is. Because if you look at Barack Obama reducing the federal budget deficit, if you look right. at uh, Bill Clinton uh, reducing the federal budget deficit down to being a surplus. I mean, you could go back Democratic president by Democratic president, compare that with the Republican record on the economy, where you have recessions for every single Republican president going back nearly 100 years. That, to me, is a contrast that will uh, start to chip away at this myth of the Republicans being the party of the economy. And if I and if I run into somebody who makes that claim, then you've just given me the exact argument to give them. But I don't run into people who say the Republicans are fiscal hawks. I run into people who say prices are too high. 
And so I'm going to talk to those folks. Well, that's and that's and that's yeah. fine. And, I, and if I can, if I can bring that in, and if they make the claim in the course of our discussion that Republicans are fiscal hawks, then uh, you've given me the ammunition I need. Well, to they, 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 they impl- the, the implication is if someone says uh-huh. prices are too high. Dot dot dot. Therefore, I'm thinking about voting for the Republicans. Right. That's that's well, when they. Given, yeah, that's yeah. when that argument slides into the conversation exactly. because exactly we agree on because it's a dumb fucking thing to do if you think the economy sucks for whatever reason, however disconnected from reality that might be. The the Republican Party is not going to fix the economy. It never has right. and never right. will. It never, ever happens. I was spending time researching for the 80s shows uh, this coming up uh, weekend starting on Friday, and I ended up in this first-term Reagan rabbit hole about the gigantic recession that uh, Ronald Reagan presided over, uh, that extended into 1982, helped the Democrats win a huge number of House seats in the uh, 1982 midterms. This is something that is endemic to every Republican presidency. And, you know, if we're talking about who's going to be a better steward of the economy, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, (laughs) it's not even a question. It's not even a factual point of consideration. And I think that's something... We need to uh, constantly hammer away at and and make sure that becomes the centerpiece of the economic argument that Democrats are more effective on the economy. Republicans, the economic record for the Republican Party sucks ass. (laughs) That's a fact. Um, I, I have less I have less faith in the intelligence of my audience. Uh, in in that situation, than than you may. Uh, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna sell them what what I think they'll buy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and if that will help, absolutely. These are all true things, and they yeah. are all worth mentioning. And they're all they're all they're all tools in the same toolbox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I'm like I'm more of a I maybe more of a populist in terms of communication. I I want to get through to these people. And uh, some I know I know what their attitude is about facts. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I know that they don't they they plug their ears and say la 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 when I try to give them facts. So I'm going to go for their gut. Right. And and my instinct is always to throw everything up against the wall. Everything right. well, everything well, that we makes are. the argument, everything but, that cr- creates that contrast between absolutely. the Republicans and the Democrats, that's worthy of throwing out and there because we're, there's we're both doing that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's well that's yeah. good. I think that's a yeah. that's a good place to end this conversation then. We don't like it. They don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. <laughs> I know, I know. Everything's fine. I mean, generally speaking, we agree on all of this. So yes. uh, not a problem. Anyway, so uh we are way late for a break though. When we come back, <laughs> we're gonna talk about this Mike Pence thing, because this is a big uh-huh, fucking good. deal. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. only underscoring Mike Pence's role in January 6th, but also illustrating him as the gigantic wimp that we thought he was all along. And there's one particular quote from his uh, contemporaneous notes at the time, somewhere around leading up to January 6th, that, oh my God, it's the the Mike Penciest of Mike Pence things. So we're going <laughs> to talk about that. And a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, Elon Musk breaking a world record for something <laughs> that I can't wait to talk about. Idiocy. I think he broke the record for idiocy, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. And what Donald Trump really thinks of his evangelical Christian supporters. And along those lines, trouble in Iowa for Donald Trump, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> As I lose my voice, back with more show right see, after I've, these words. I've, I've given you the cold. Eh? <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out, unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! I don't like your children I don't like your children at all I don't like your children I don't like the way they speak to the elderly I got my opinions They ain't earned the right to speak To the elderly Cause you're scared And you're shallow Cause you're bad Hey, look, if you haven't done it already, you got to get this single into your record collection. This is the great Heather Lynn Horton, wife of Michael McDermott. And uh, this is, uh, I think, the first single off her new album, I Don't Like Your Children. (laughs) I just love the sentiment of this, don't you? Yes, I do, too. Well, uh, being a child, part of a child-free couple, yeah, I appreciate (laughs) it very much. And thank you for playing this again, because I love the song. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do that. That was one of my New Year's resolutions for 2023, is to give uh, songs second, third, fourth spins, really good ones especially, because that's what they do on radio stations. Why not? That's right. Yeah. And this is a great one. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, Go to this episode at bobseska.com, dated 11-28-23. Click that link, scroll on down, and you'll find links to support all the independent recording artists on the show. Okay. Excellent. Now, I got to tell you, Freak Bass is coming to a community near me. Oh. I hope to to see Freak Bass live and meet him in person. Yeah. Uh, Freak, I promise I'll be over this cold by then. (laughs) uh, Go give him the croup. I'm He's going to be nearby, nearby uh, January 4th through the 6th, and uh, I can't wait to, to meet him in person and, and 
hear him perform in person uh, and to see that, I'm really super jacked about that. So I, I had to share that exciting news. Yeah. And, and also, uh, Bob and I agree on almost everything. And sometimes we have minor disagreements, generally about something like style or whatever. Uh, but I want you to know that during the breaks, when we go to break, we make out furiously. Yes, we uh, do. And I think so. And now you have the sniffles. So. <laughs> oh, damn it, damn it. God damn it. That's how they get you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have to go into quarantine now. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, by the way, you can follow Freak Bass. Uh, he does live performances on social media all the time on uh, right. TikTok, uh, twitch.tv slash Freak Bass. One of our favorites, one of the great guys that I know, and, and just such a, uh, a talented musician and just uh, prolific yeah. as hell. So oh, make sure to support fun. Freak Bass, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking my friends because I know they're going to love his music also. So this is a yeah. one provided they're well. And by yeah. the way, that's two E's in Freak Bass. F-R-E-E-K-B-A-S-S. So there you one go. One word, yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay, so ABC News has reported that Mike Pence decided at one point not to attend the electoral vote count on January 6th because really? Mike Pence is a phenomenal wimp. Yes. Unbelievable. I think, uh, Trump, Trump, Trump had a word for that on the phone with him, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. According to sources, one of uh, Pence's notes obtained by Smith's team shows that days before Pence was set to preside over Congress certifying the election results on January 6th, he momentarily decided that he would skip the proceedings altogether, writing in the note that there were, quote, too many questions. Sounds like a Joe Rogan listener. And it would otherwise be, quote, too hurtful to my friend. Singular, yeah. But he ultimately concluded he had uh, a duty to show up. Here's here's the quote from his notes. Hmm. Not feeling like I should attend electoral count. Too many questions. Too many doubts. Hmm. Too hurtful to my friend. Therefore, I'm not going to participate in certification of election. End quote. Wow. Yeah. Donald Trump, I, you know, I know Mike Pence is monitoring this show. And let me tell you, Mike, sit down listen, for a second. Buddy. Yeah, listen up. First of all, there's a fly in your head. I just thought I'd let you know. Again. Uh, Donald Trump, n not your pal, not your friend. Donald Trump yeah, wanted to hang you. Right. You know, and I, I think he knows, I, I think he knows that now. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I know he was scared S-less in that, in that parking garage, uh, you know, and so <laughs> yeah. he, he may have had a change of heart there. Uh, no, he's, he's always been, you know, Mike Pence. Like you said, it's the penciest of Pence. <laughs> Yeah. I, I can't wait. See, so Mike Pence obviously has answered a lot of questions, and it's, it may as well be under oath. I, it's either under oath or it, it certainly holds the penalty. It holds a penalty if you lie to uh, federal investigators. Yeah. Uh, so he had to have told the truth. But know also that those federal investigators asked very specific questions in that setting. And those prosecutors may ask an entirely different set of questions when they get him on the witness stand in March. So uh, it's possible that uh, they're going to be able to trip up Mike Pence, not because they want to get Mike Pence, you know, who, who wants him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the idea here is to get to Trump. And uh, one of our very best witnesses, if not the best witness against Donald Trump, is now in our hands. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pence has agreed to take the stand in March uh, to put his hand on the Bible he covets so much. 
<laughs> and and to take an oath to, under the per, the penalty of perjury uh, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So with clever prosecutorial questions, uh, we may get uh, to hear quite a lot of new things from Mike Pence. So this this is wonderful that uh, uh, that we know this stuff. I, I'm it just makes me all the more look forward to the future. But but what has dropped now? What ABC News released this morning yeah. uh, is is indeed a big deal. Yes, it is. Uh, the sources said Pence also told investigators that he's sure and, and sure is a quote that in the days before January 6, 2021, when a violent mob tried to stop Congress from certifying the election, he informed Trump he still hadn't seen evidence of significant election fraud. Right. But Trump was unmoved, continuing to claim the election was stolen and there's acting recklessly on that quote-unquote tragic day. According to and source, there's, yeah. yeah. I was just going to, I'm sorry, it just, that's the case right there. Trump knew he did it anyway. Yeah. According to sources, Pence told Smith's investigators that he actually meant to write in his book that he admonished Trump. The quote is, you know, I don't think I have the authority to change the outcome, suggesting Trump was well aware of the limitations of Pence's authority days before January 6th, a line Smith includes in his indictment. And there was some question about the location of a comma in that sentence. You know, I don't think I have the authority <laughs> right. to change the outcome. Right, right. It was either, well, you know, comma, or, or you, you know, know I don't think, as if he's yeah. saying to Donald Trump, you know that I uh -huh. don't think I have the authority to change the outcome. So there's that little either question, yeah. You know, if, yeah. If if there's if there's evidence that uh, Trump in fact was told that Pence didn't have that authority, yeah. Uh, then then that that too is is the case. But the big thing is here is the vice the former vice president can testify that the then president knew that he had lost the election yep. and endeavored to overturn the results anyway. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, there's your case. <laughs> exactly. And there was a plan. The Pence, the Trump-Pence ticket going into the November 3rd election knew how the votes and the ballots were going to be counted that night. They knew how the process was going to work. According mm -hmm. to ABC News, sources said Pence acknowledged to Smith's team that even before Election Day, on November 3rd, he was aware that the Trump-Pence ticket was expected to make a big early lead in the polls that would then gradually fade as more mail-in ballots were counted. They were aware they that that's how it was going to go, yeah. right? And what we know subsequent to that is that Donald Trump used that process as a cudgel to say that the, uh, you know, there were ballot right. dumps and there were all these things that happened at two o'clock in the morning that skewed the election to Joe Biden. What the hell was that? That's got to be illegal, blah, blah, blah. And there begins the conspiracy theory of the 2020 election Bob, being stolen I, according I, to Trump. I, I, I'll, I'll bet if you went back to our sh last show before that election. Yeah you would have us talking about the fact that what Trump plans to do is use that delay mm -hmm. between what the, the results that are on the TV screen that night and the actual results that may come in a couple of days yep. later, that he plans to use that delay to try to overturn the election. And that's exactly what he did. We all saw this coming. Mm -hmm. We knew, we, in fact, we knew long before that last show before the election that that's what he was going to do. That is, in fact, what he has done. And now we have uh, a proof of it in the form of testimony that can be introduced in court. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, 
Uh, but I do remember that we absolutely talked about that. That Donald yes, Trump was going to yeah. sashay right on through that disparity in how the votes will roll in. Because it was an unusual election given the existence of COVID and given mm-hmm. the large number of mail-in ballots. Obviously, we were very focused on the existence of mail-in ballots and how they would be processed. We discussed that at length. People knew. it was Everyone was well aware in terms of how election night was going to go. Uh, and that, I think, made things a lot easier on our souls <laughs> on our stress levels uh to understand that you know those first returns that came in that night uh w- w- wasn't going to tell the whole story and so brace for, yeah. brace for impact <laughs> exactly <laughs> pence said he grew concerned within days of the election that trump began ignoring the advice of credible and experienced attorneys inside the white house instead relying on outside attorneys like giuliani and Sidney powell who pushed notions of widespread election fraud. They're grifters. They're they're latching themselves to Donald Trump in hopes of gigantic avalanches of cash. Instead, they've gotten gigantic avalanches of indictments. So good job, guys. New uh, Paramount Plus, the (laughs) grifters. uh, In his interviews with Smith's team, Pence recalled a meeting he had uh, alone with Trump inside the Oval Office on December 21st of 2020. As the campaign's legal challenges across the country were failing, but Trump was continuing to claim the election was stolen and had begun urging supporters to gather in Washington, D.C. for the what became the insurrection. When Trump privately asked Pence what they should do, Pence said he told the then president that if nothing changed, quote, you should simply accept the results, unquote. And then the additional quote, you should take a bow, travel the country to thank supporters, And then run again if you want. And then he added here, and I'll never forget, he pointed at me as if to say, there's a little stubby finger, as if to say, that's worth thinking about. And he walked away. Pence recalled to investigators. So there was at one point where Trump was telling Pence, Uh hey, you know, maybe, but I think he was just... I think he was just yeah yeah yeah. I think he was doing that. Yeah, Mike Pence. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I worked for I worked for a guy that if he pointed at you like that, that meant you'll pay for this later. <laughs> I think I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think we've all been subject to that, where someone just kind of pats us on the head and goes, "Well, that's very sweet." I, I, but of I'll, course, I'll think about yeah. that. Yeah, being Mike Pence, he took it as a compliment. Well, he took it as an indication that Trump right, was reachable, right. which he's not. He's never been exactly. reachable on any of this. He's so phenomenally deluded. The toxic positivity is so ingrained into his. Uh, worm-infested brain that uh, he's never going to accept anything like this. He will go to his grave saying the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, hopefully that going to his grave will be soon. I'm just throwing that out there. I was instructed that you you shouldn't hope for such things. Yeah. But you can, uh, you know, uh, room, uh, what's the word? Rumin, ruminate. Ruminate. You can yeah, ruminate, yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> ruminate <laughs> about his diet and his exercise yeah. Yeah. and his yeah. lifestyle and uh, his uh, visible physical condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ruminate and speculate, gee, gee that... That may not end well for him. Yeah. You know, that's okay to, you can talk about that. Trump has created all kinds of exceptions to my values and morality. I know, yeah. (laughs) Put it that way. You know, if we let him, it's like, uh, you know, there's certain phrases that I catch myself saying every once in a while, Uh and people go, oh, that's what Trump says, don't say that. No, damn it. 
I'm not letting him take our language away from us or any part yeah, thereof. Yeah. As limited as his vocabulary may be, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him have some of our best fa- phrases, words and phrases. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to let him ruin the language. And, and I'm just tired of him ruining things like, you know, morality, decency, and those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, we got to talk about Trump and his true thoughts on evangelical <laughs> Christian supporters. And this could actually be really good news in terms of the primaries, the Republican primaries, only from the perspective of uh, at some point the Republican Party is going to split. They're going to reckon with Donald Trump. This is my hope. And I think something like this, what we're going to talk about here in just a second, I think this could be one of the things that helped to precipitate that eventuality. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I can't promise anything, but we're going to get into it here in just a second. Plus, uh, bad news for Derek Chauvin. Chauvin? Uh, coming up here. Chauvin. Chauvin. Yes. Uh, he's not having a good time in prison. Okay. One last break. Back with more podcast right after this. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Katura All Good. And one of her recent singles, this is called Radio. Link in the description, of course. Support Katura All Good, one of our favorites here on the show. Yep. Oh, man. It just drives me crazy as we talked about uh, Mike Pence and Donald Trump's ongoing legal trouble. And He's the penciest. Yeah, just everything that's gone on around Donald Trump, and he's still competitive in the election. Just something yeah, is rotten out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Something is rotten out there. But I'm I'm increasingly optimistic, especially over this health care gift he's just Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, uncharacteristically optimistic about next year, so. Good, good. <laughs> that will change eventually. I'll go back. Oh, to we'll have it. Don't get we'll have there. our we'll have our ups and downs. Our roller coaster ride for sure. We know yeah, that. Yeah. We know that. Well, Trump tried to retcon his Obama Biden mix up, trying to make it. Well, I'm not. I'm not Let's suffering from dementia. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this. Right. It's basically the it's the Pee Wee Herman gambit here. He's like flipping over the handlebars of his bicycle and crashing to the ground in front of a bunch of kids. And then he jumps up and says, I meant to do that. No, he totally meant to confuse Obama for Biden, et cetera. Great he said, minds think alike. Yeah, he said here on uh, Troth Central. Troth, truth Central. Yeah. Whenever I sarcastically insert the name Obama for Biden as an indication Bullshit. that others may actually be having a very big influence in running our country, Bullshit. Ron DeSanctimonious and his failing campaign apparatus together with True. the Democrats' radical left disinformation machine will go Bullshit. wild saying that Trump didn't know the name of our president, crooked Joe Biden. He True. must be cognitively impaired. No, True. I know both names very well. Never mix them up Always. and know that they are destroying our country. Also, Wrong. and as reported, I just took a cognitive test as part of my physical exam and Bullshit. aced it. Sure, Bullshit. sure he did. Yeah. Uh, I also aced a perfect score in parentheses because some of his uh, audience might not know what aced means. So he's got to yeah. clarify. Of one course. taken while in the White House. Biden should take one. Oh, yeah, the one in the White House with the man, woman, camera, TV one. Right, right. Biden should take one so we can determine why he wants open borders, no energy independence, blah, 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 no voter ID, men playing in women's sports, awful, Bullshit. only electric cars and trucks, a weaponized DOJ, FBI, and so many other crazy Bullshit. things. Bullshit. Yeah, yes. So he added okay. this. Yeah, Donald Trump added this at the end. <laughs> Oh, Donald, settle down. <laughs> so, yes, the same thing he's always doing. Every time he has a short circuit, he tries to craft well, that short circuit. It's the magnified fortune thing, a fashionable magnified yeah, take, absolutely. he said. Tries absolutely. to make it seem as though, oh, yeah, I intended to say magnified fortune. That's but totally a there, thing, yeah. But but wait, there's more. <laughs> what? Uh, he, he, some of his supporters have picked up on this. Uh? And the the game plan now, Bob, yeah. is to uh, say that, in fact, Obama is really running things. And so uh, when he, yes, initially what he was doing there, obviously what he's doing there, definitely what he's doing there, is trying to cover up his mistake yeah. by, by saying it wasn't a mistake, by saying it was intentional. And that's got other Republicans going, yeah, you know what? It is Obama who's really running things because Joe Biden isn't capable of doing it. Yeah. So this serves two purposes. One, to try to bury his dementia, which he cannot do, and that will not stick. That won't last the week, Bob, and you know it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the other aspect, the other thing that it does is it fuels those conspiracy theories about who's secretly running the government. Yeah, and it fits with the uh, idea of making sure that Donald Trump uh, consolidates his racist vote. Yes, Make exactly. sure all the white supremacists, racist Nazis, et cetera, all come out and vote for Donald Trump. And that's the idea. The, idea, the black man behind the scenes is pulling all the levers of right. uh, Joe Biden's machinery. Uh, right, and also, right. by so, the way, by the way, Joe Biden's also old. And what that means is if he right. dies, Kamala Harris, that scary black woman is going to become president. So it's like a racism full court press that Donald oh, Trump is, is applying. Is here. A, a multi-purpose thing that's happening here. Yeah. A purpose, number one, to try to cover up the mistake by saying it wasn't a mistake. It was on purpose. Yep. Number two, implying that Obama is really pulling the strings. And uh, number three, then Republicans, the rest of the Republicans running with it is saying, yeah, uh, 
it is Obama uh, pulling the strings here. And and as you mentioned, number four uh, appeals to all the racists. Uh, if if they're your base, don't leave home without them. Yep. Uh, he's he's uh, you know appeal to them as well. So it's a, a he's turned his dementia into a or or the Republican Party has turned his dementia into a, a multi a multi tool. And it should be interesting as Donald Trump gets closer and closer to the Iowa caucuses, uh-huh. given the fact that we have this news story, this particular version of the story I get from uh, the Guardian here, and it, it details what Trump really thinks of his evangelical Christian supporters. And this goes back to, this is obviously new reporting, but it goes back to 2016. I can't as, wait to hear this. Yes, as candidates jockeyed for support from evangelicals, a powerful block in any Republican election, Trump was asked to name his favorite Bible verse. This is in, you remember this in I 2016. Remember. I remember. I know what his answer was. Yeah, attempting to follow the advice of Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council, a bunch of awful, awful goons. The thrice-married, not-noticeably-church-going New York billionaire and reality <laughs> TV star introduced it as two Corinthians rather right. than second Corinthians, right. as would have been correct. Mm-hmm. The laughter and ridicule were embarrassing enough for Trump, but the news of Perkins endorsing Ted Cruz just a few days later sent him into a spiral he began to speculate that there was a conspiracy among powerful evangelicals to deny him the GOP nomination. Quote, Mm. when Cruz's allies began using two Corinthians to attack him in the final days before the Iowa caucuses, Trump told one Iowa Republican official, you know, these so-called Christians... That's that's always a great way to start a sentence if you're a Republican. You may be right about that part. Yeah, you know, these so-called Christians hanging around with Ted are some real pieces of shit. Congratulations, Donald Trump. You just called the base of the Republican Party pieces of shit. These are the financiers. These guys, these evangelicals make the world go round for Republicans. They provide so much financing. They are now assembling armies and mega churches, according to Jeff Charlotte, who was on this show, putting together these uh, militias in their congregations to fight right. Donald Trump's civil war for him. Well, he thinks all those people are pieces of shit. Riling up the troops and uh, mega churches, TV preachers got all the money. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so they are a huge uh, dark money contributors to all of this. Right, and coupled with this story, uh, according to Mediaite, this is a story that just came out yesterday. Top evangelicals slam Trump, say he's done for in the Hawkeye state. I mm. believe Iowa yeah. will rise up against him. They may. Fascinating. So. If Donald Trump, who, by the way, I don't think is doing any organizing on the ground for the caucuses. I think he's just right. doing his rallies. He's, and that's he's, coast, he's coasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Coasting is a great word for it. And uh, if he ends up losing the Iowa caucus, mm-hmm. do you know how indiscriminately bananas he's going to go? And it's not oh, yeah. going to be directed against the radical left Dems. He's going to go after the Republican establishment. (laughs) He's going to go after Iowa Republicans and say that they're they rigged the caucuses against him. And here's why. And it's going to be explosive. And I can't wait. I, I hope this is another gift. For yeah, us this yeah. week. I mean, uh, we already got the huge gift of Trump's going after your health care. Yeah. Uh, and and if 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 this catches, if this gets any traction, what we're talking about right now, Trump's comments about his evangelical supporters mm-hmm. and uh, how he may be slipping in, in Iowa. I think Nikki Haley's coming on 
pretty strong there if I'm reading the numbers correctly. But you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh, still, you're right. He will go. He will go nuts. And uh, so it's it, this is a, this is appears to be yet another gift uh, that we've been handed uh, this week in our efforts to defeat uh, what must be defeated. Yes, indeed. So look for this to be the possible beginning of some sort of schism inside the Republican Party that we've all Ooh. been talking about, where. The more moderate, semi-non-Trump wing of the Republican Party, mm -hmm, however mm -hmm. small that might be, splitting right. off from the it only full, takes a few. Yeah, the full red hat section right. of the Republican Party. Right. That's going to happen one day or another, and I can, hope I hope sooner rather than later. You know, can can, can I bring some other good news? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. us About that and bad news for the Republicans. Uh, Republican National Committee says it has nine million dollars on hand. Yeah. Uh, let's see that at this point in the 2016 election, they had 20 million on hand. <laughs> what, what happened? Hey, uh, what happened? Uh, four years ago with Trump, they had $61 million on hand. Mm -hmm. Now they have nine. That is, <laughs> that is barely over. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is barely over half of what the Democratic National Committee has to spend. It has nearly $18 million dollars up against yep. the rnc's uh nine million. i guess they've spent a little on uh on on legal uh you know legal services mm -hmm. uh, lawyers uh, specifically uh, maybe for trump and his people but now they're going to have to spend a lot of money yeah. uh defending themselves against uh, the truth uh, about what trump plans to do with obamacare yep well, you know what? As we uh, get toward the end of the show here, I got a couple of items of good news, uh, which is additional good news. Yeah, additional good news, but it's it's made up of uh, bad things happening to bad people. Uh, Derek Chauvin was stabbed in prison. Yes, over the uh, over the break, and uh, he's going to be okay. We don't condone violence. Uh, yeah. It's uh, gee, it's. Uh... You know, these things happen. I guess that's what we should say. These things happen, <laughs> Bob. Yeah, I know. What a shame that uh, someone who murdered a guy in the Sud middle of the street. Stepped on his neck. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons he asked to go to federal prison instead of state prison yeah. is because if he went to state prison, he'd be stabbed by some of the guys he put behind bars there. Ah. So he thought, he thought, oh, I'm going to be a lot safer in federal. Ouch! <laughs> Thank you. There you go. And, and by the way, while we're on uh, bad things happening to bad people, uh -huh. Elon Musk has uh, officially broken the world record for largest loss of personal wealth Tool. of anyone in the history of the world. Palooka. And it's entirely his fault. Uh, he's cool. lost approximately $182 billion since November of 2021. Congratulations, Elon. Go F yourself. Thank you very much. Yeah, why do why do bad things happen to bad people, Bob? That's right. Mm -hmm. Such a shame. I know. Uh, everyone's sad now with this Derek Chauvin and Elon Musk bad news. Um, I, you know, I love how we do these stories as kickers. Yes. <laughs> like the bad news for bad people. Uh, ending sure. the story on an upbeat note. A little Schadenfreude. Exactly right. Okay, yeah. so uh, we've got the Shadow Docket coming up next. If you're not subscribed Whoa. on the Patreon page, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Get there now. Patreon.com slash Bob Suska Show. Sign up for the Shadow Docket level. It's $5 a month. It's like pennies per episode. And what we do in exchange for that $5 a month, not only do you get a Shadow Docket on Tuesday after the free show, you also get a Shadow Docket on Thursday after that free show. 
In addition to all of that, you get to download the Patreon app. You get to comment under all the episodes. You get to participate in the brand new chat room, which is hopping. Everyone's in the chat room. I mean, if you really want to be a part of the Bob Suska Show community, you have to be a part of the Patreon page. Even uh, I pop in occasionally. Yes, yes. And I'm popping in. Lots of popping happening on yes. the chat room. And by the way, I just heard from... <laughs> thank you. I just heard from Patreon. Yes. They, they wrote to me personally. They said, Merry Christmas, Bob. <laughs> yes, no. No, they uh, announced to everybody that um, the chat room is going to be coming to the desktop version of the Patreon page, too. So it's wow. not just going to be on the app, which is great. It's quick, easy to use. You can take it with you wherever you go. But if you're sitting in front of your desktop computer and you want to participate in the chat room, you'll be able to do that very, very soon. Like in a matter of days, you'll be able to do that in the chat room. So uh, there's that. We're building a bridge to 1997 internet tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when chat rooms were popular in the late 90s, we're going back to that. But it is fun. <laughs> it's a fun thing to do. Live, real-time engagement is yeah. lots of fun. Yeah. If you have any questions, just fax us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, meantime, we're going to talk about, uh, on the Shadow Docket, the mystery pneumonia in China. Oh, for God's sake. And plus, uh, you remember Pierre Omidyar? No. This goes back about 10 years to the uh, Snowden story. I see. There was a tech billionaire named Pierre Omidyar who stuck his Damn. nose in all that. We've got some news, and it has to do with Project 2025. No, no, Pierre. Plus, oh, bad news for Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Coming up with the Shadow Dog. I'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.